Hello everyone and welcome to Reformulate. My name is Jerome Smale and I'm Deputy Editor of Food Manufacture and today I'm going to be talking to Sonia Pombo who's a qualified nutritionist and campaign manager for Action on Salt which is a group concerned with salt and its effects on health and it's based at Queen Mary University of London and supported by 24 expert scientific members. So hello Sonia, how are you? Good thank you, how are you? Good, I'm good, thanks. So first of all, can you give us an update on where we are regarding salt content in food manufacture, uh, what progress has been made and what more needs to be done? Um, yeah, sure, no problem. So salt reduction is one of the longest running programmes that we've had here in the UK. It's been around long before the sugar reduction uh, programme, the obesity strategy. Uh, in fact, it was actually used as a model for that as, as a model for success in, in that regard. So as such, the, the industry has been involved in salt reduction for, for, for a long time now, you know, probably looking more than 20 years now, even before um, the, the salt reduction program was even pioneered by the Food Standards Agency. We know that companies were already behind the scenes looking to reduce the salt because they knew it was an issue. Um, we actually started it with the Food Standards Agency in the early 2000s. You had uh, public awareness campaigns. I don't know if you'll remember Sid the Slug. Um, he was, you know, it was really successful at delivering that hard-hitting message across to the public through TV, radio, and billboards to, you know, to, to deliver that message that salt is bad for our health. Um, and at the same time, you had um, work going on between government and the food industry to develop these um, really comprehensive reduction uh, targets set across all all categories of processed foods that contain added salt. So within that time, we've had some, you know, some real key successes. We've removed tons of salt um, from supermarket bought foods. Um, some, some notable uh, key, key successes here would be bread, for example. So even though it's not necessarily a, um, a salty food, it's, a, it's not high in salt. It is actually our um, it's actually our number one contributor of salt in the diet. It contributes just under 20% in total because we just eat so much of it at such, on such a regular basis. So reducing that by by even just a little bit, a little bit, I think on average we've, we've managed to reduce the salt content in um, in bread products by about 30%. That will have had a real impact on population salt intakes, which is what it's all about at the end of the day, reducing salt content or salt intakes in in, in the population. Um, at the height of the success we, we've seen, we've got papers that, that have shown that these reductions have translated to reductions in actual salt intakes. Um, and, it's, and it's been win-win for everyone because um, whilst people are eating or consuming less salt, um, companies haven't had any uh, reported loss of sales because of it. Uh, and the reason behind that is they've been able to reduce the salt content slowly and unobtrusively, very gradually, without necessarily um, making a big song and dance about it to the public. Um, so they've just gradually reformulated their products. Um, the, the, the public haven't noticed. Their taste buds have adjusted to it. And they've continued to buy the same foods that they know and love because we know it's difficult to completely switch um, your lifestyle and your eating habits. Um, and it's also translated to healthcare savings. And we know that the NHS is, is you know, stretched so thinly. And we've been able to reduce these intakes of salt, which has meant that we've um, reduced uh, average blood pressure, the, the average population blood pressure. And that's also translated to fewer deaths from strokes and heart attacks. 
So uh, even those who have, have been fortunate enough to have survived from those um, heart, and stroke, heart attack and stroke events, um, the, the ongoing health care that that, that that family, that person would need, obviously puts a real strain on the NHS. So it's been win-win for everyone. Um, unfortunately, over the last 10 years or so, that progress is now slowing. Um, we've seen it through responsibility for the program being passed around for, for different government organizations. We've seen that progress is slowing, uh, the industry effectively being allowed to police themselves now. They don't really have a huge amount of monitoring um, that is not being evaluate, evaluated effectively um, and companies aren't being held to account. What in its heyday when it was working really well, there was always that unveiled threat that if progress starts to slow or if, if companies don't um, you know, work towards these salt, salt reduction targets, then um, you know, they would have to be legislated and then there'd be, there'd be no choice in that regard. So that was enough momentum, I guess, to push the, the industry to do it. But we've not seen any of that kind of pressure, any, any leading authorities to, to, to really push the industry to make more reductions. Um, we've seen uh, Public Health England, they published the latest um, progress report last year looking at data from 2018 um, and they were able to show then that, that there's literally been no industry progress in that last year. Um, only half of the target, only half of the average salt reduction targets had been met then. Um, this is 2018 data. They were supposed to have been met in 2017. Um, and so we're really starting to see a real sticking point here within the industry. Right. OK, so what's the current focus of the campaign? So we've responsibility for nutrition um, moving now once again to a new department. We've got the, the, the latest announcement for the Office of Health Promotion, which we think will be taking on all of these reformulation programmes, including SALT. Um, understandably, there's a, you know, a really strong focus right now on COVID and obesity. We can completely appreciate that. But we want to make sure that what is a proven successful policy, which is salt reduction, is not lost or forgotten. And that, I think, is going to be our, our, you know, our key focus over the next few years to make sure that the, the momentum and the understanding of and the importance of reducing salt across the population is not lost. Um, you know, we, we need to remember that we were once known as the leaders in world leaders in salt reduction um, and you know we've seen blood pressure has fallen we've seen so many other countries now replicating our salt reduction program worldwide that every continent now has uh, a, con a salt reduction program in place um, and we know that it does work but the focus it seems you know it's 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 being left behind and a lot of the the latest strategies or proposed strategies um you, you're seeing less and less um, focus around salt and it's depleting that momentum if we don't get that drive to get people to still focus on the overall nutritional profile of a product of a product which includes uh, the salt content um, then then that's we're going to end up you know having a having a real issue in that regard um, like I completely understand obesity prevention is undou undoubtedly key right now we've got you know so much evidence or, or the growing evidence showing the link between obesity and COVID we, we mustn't forget that but it shouldn't really be at the expense of salt reduction. We know that, you know, that the, the evidence supporting that that case is so key and, so, you know, so ingrained now. Everyone understands it. You've got the World Health Organization who also, you know, support public health interventions around salt. We know it's cost effective. We know it's, it's cheap. You know, it doesn't cost the government a great amount of money. Um, companies reformulate their products all the time. It's just about essentially reducing 
gradually, and I, and I, I need to point out that's key, the gradual reduction insult so that, com- so that, so that you, you bring your customers in line with you. So I guess that would be our key focus. Right. And th- there's um, various foods that are marketed as being healthier, um, and in some ways they are. Uh, but how much of a problem is um, salt content in some of those foods? Uh, f- for instance, uh, we've seen an explosion in plant-based foods. How much of a uh, how much of a problem is salt content in those? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting po- um, area and something that we've been looking at over the last few years ourselves. Um, more more recently, obviously, this current pandemic has brought more of, fo- of a focus around healthy living, um, which is which is really great to see. We're seeing more and more people actually, you know, concerned or interested about their health and their diet and trying to make these, you know, meaningful steps to improve their diet. Um, and and you know that does that also includes things like moving away from, um, you know. Less meat consumption, more plant-based plant-based foods, which has been a big focus of late. Um, not only just because of its ethical advantages, we know that obviously eating less meat is better for the environment, better for animals, better for the planet. And I do, you know, I I, I encourage that where possible. We should all be trying to eat a little bit less meat. Um, but uh, a lot of the time, people tend to see these products um, automatically as being healthy and good for you um which in many cases could be could could be exactly right um but often you'll you'll have you, we've developed this health halo around the word vegan you see it on, on everything well everything that's, you see it on most things now and people automatically assume it's healthy and that and that often prevents them from kind of really scrutinizing the nutrition information on the back of pack and thinking actually is you know it might be it might be high in fiber and it might be healthier than a, a standard um, burger, but is it actually healthy? Um, we've seen, you know, we did some, we actually focused on this for Salt Awareness Week last year um, and we did some um, consumer, some, some consumer panels um, around this area and we found that one in three people who bought or who, who, who reported to buy plant-based products they said that they did so because they believed them to be healthier than their meat or vegetarian alternatives, and so it was more of an it was it was their decision to buy vegan food was driven more for health benefit more so than for any kind of other environmental issues. But we saw just like we but we saw with that Salt Awareness Week survey, we actually saw that um, it does not necessarily automatically give you a healthy status. We looked at um, restaurant foods that provide that restaurant vegan restaurant meals. Um, and we saw, you know, vegan burgers contained just as much, you know, as much salt as, say, three Big Macs. Um, a vegan pizza contained more than a day and a half worth of your salt content. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of the time when you're thinking about vegan food, you're, you're probably looking at um, focusing more on the fat content or the fiber content. Often the salt content of that product kind of gets left out, which is which is an issue in itself. It's important to remember that salt is you know it does raise our blood pressure which is one of the leading risk factors for um early death and suffering often when we do our research surveys we we often show the variation so it's not just a blanket no it's not good for you there are many companies who are perhaps producing you know really healthy food that's also lower in salt and then there's others who are perhaps um not quite there just yet so it's, it's really important that whatever for whatever reason um, if you're going to choose for vegan options, it's important that you look 
at their nutrition content um, and, you know, make comparisons with, with other competitors as well. Right. So how is Action on Salt generally received in the food manufacture sector? Have you forged any partnerships within the industry, for example? Um, so I would say on the whole, we, we definitely have a positive relationship with the majority of the food industry. Um, you know, there's, there's no denying probably that some of, us, some of them might, might fear us a little bit or find it a little bit uncomfortable when, when they are exposed by any of our surveys. But ultimately, um, it, it drives that conversation and that engagement to, to, dis, you know, to discuss the, the salt content or, or the salt content of their products and you know, the limitations that they have in making further progress or any plans they have in the future for, for, for developing on that further. Um, and they also you know, acknowledge and appreciate the ethos that we have, and they know that we are evidence-based, so we're not out there to, to, to slander any companies. We're just trying to make people aware of the, the, the foods, you know, of what's in the foods that they're buying and trying to drive that change in, in, a, in a more positive way um, so that you know, we can all carry on eating the foods that we love, but just make it that little bit healthier. Um, our aim as a charity is always to, you know, advise, guide and monitor the industry where possible. Um, and, you know, for many, as I mentioned before, salt reduction is um, is still very much business as usual. Um, most businesses already have, you know, salt reduction uh, strategies embedded within their own policies. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they a lot of the time, you know, they appreciate what we do and they, they want to join us in that. But often um, when we have conversations we, we often hear that, you know, they're a little bit frustrated that because the, because the targets are voluntary, some of them often feel held back from making further progress or making any further reductions in their products because their competitors perhaps aren't quite as, um, as, as, as far along in the journey or perhaps are more resistant to making those changes. Um, so in, in many instances, actually, in recent years, they've actually expressed a preference for mandatory salt targets. Um, because in doing so, it will create that level playing field. And I, I do believe that that will make um, make more significant reductions if everyone knows that they have to do it and they're being and they're being monitored, which at the moment is very little in that regard is happening, that, that further reductions will be made. Well, thanks for speaking to us today, Sonia, and good luck with the campaign. Cheers. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.